Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Well, welcome into the mystery of parenthood, and we do ask you to slow down and give some time to consideration and contemplation of your your marriage and family through the image of the sacrament of marriage, the mystery of marriage and parenthood. This is maybe an unusual voice for you. You hear me sometimes as the jovial sidekick of your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cash, and this is Thaddeus Romanski, the general manager of Red Sea Catholic Radio. And I'm filling in guest hosting for Trey and Stephanie today. Uh, Trey is under the weather. He's got a pretty, uh, pretty, some pretty bad congestion. So offer prayers to him through the intercession of St. Blaise that he gets better. But uh, luckily, you don't have to just listen to me today, folks. You're going to be getting some great conversation and insight from a regular guest of ours, uh, Adam Earhart, We're going to be talking about feasting and fasting. We're coming out of the Christmas season, one of the great feasts of the church year, and we're looking towards the great penitential season of Lent. And so we're looking at those two sides of the same coin, feasting and fasting, um, and how that, what that maybe looks like in the family and through the family. But before we do that, let's, as we always do, pray our prayer for families given to us by Pope St. John Paul II. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Pope St. John Paul II, pray for us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. Amen. Welcome into the Mystery of Parenthood. You're listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio, KEDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley, KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas, and KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine, Texas. And like I said, I'm glad to be joined by my good friend all the way from Alexandria, in the great Commonwealth of Virginia, Adam Earhart. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, brother. I thank you, my jovial, jovial friend. Uh, I love <laughs> that way you introduced yourself. I think it's fitting. I think it's very fitting. But uh, yeah, it's good to be here, brother. I'm excited. To you be know, here. I, I'm not always jovial, but but when I am, I, I try to do it on the mystery of parenthood to be to be jovial. That's right. That's right. You save it all for Trey. And we all appreciate it. That's right. My, my, my children might say uh, jo- jovial in association with my father. I, I don't think so. Yeah, but, mine too. <laughs> mine too. That's for another show. Exactly. That's for another show. So like I told the listeners, uh, we're going to be talking about feasting and fasting. And it came about um, because you had some, some times, as I'm recalling our conversation, over the, over the Christmas holidays where you were uh, maybe struck by the the human togetherness of some occasions but you felt like man we can't we can't feast together and i I thought that was a really potent 
uh, observation. And uh, I was at some some family gatherings, and I'm sure this is something that is going to resonate with a lot of our listeners, uh, where uh, I, I felt the same way. You know, you're you're sharing the same space, you're maybe sharing the same mm-hmm. food and drink with people, but you're not you're not sharing your heart. You're not sharing yeah. hearts and minds the way that you really should when you're when you're properly feasting. And then it turned out that today we're recording on January 20th that uh, the reading for today, the gospel reading for today, kind of fit amazingly well or providentially with our topic for today, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so do you want to do you want to start with with um, kind of your personal experience and then you can we can throw back to uh maybe reading the gospel uh, over the air before yeah. we get started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So pretty much just this, this idea of um, like gathering for an occasion, um, but not being able to really, truly gather around. You know, you and I are Eagles fans. I'm, your listeners know that, right? That you're a Philadelphia I, I think they may have picked up on that, yeah. Oh, man, all right. Yeah, I know they know all about it. But, you know, so nobody celebrates Eagles fans. Uh, unless you're actually an Eagles fan, right? That's right. A, a victory, I mean, an Eagles victory, unless you're an Eagles fan. That's right. And so the reality is, like, that's part of the celebration is, is hey, we're all in this together. We There's something for us to actually celebrate. That's one aspect of uh, a feast is there's a celebration. There's something you marked, and it could be like a secular thing, a football uh, victory or whatever. And there's also an aspect of a meal, right? Or mm-hmm. some kind of level of like en- enjoyment and entering into something. But if, if it doesn't have that first thing, um, that gathering to celebrate something, it, it just, you know, it could be any meal, you know, we can just enjoy the food, you know, um, you know, St. Mary's, you know, we always have food at the college ministry. There's always food just to kind of draw people in because people like food. It's something to celebrate in and of itself sometimes, mm-hmm. but there's something deeper that we're meant to enter into, which is gathering around a common, love a common love and and so when we come together as a family even around christmas it could be the love of uh, just seeing each other which is a good thing i'm not you know putting that down you know but there's also the idea of like celebrating the actual objective uh, truth of what christmas actually is the moment entering the moment of the birth of uh, the christ child right and so right. it kind of struck me as one of those things that while celebrating such a good thing is like being together togetherness, sharing the same space, sharing good food, listening to good music, you know, the nostalgia of the moment. A lot of what gets missed is actually observing um, the reality of what's taking place together. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that together, it's like when you watch a great film, I try to take, I'm, you know, sorry if these are silly analogies, but like when you have kids, it's like, it's good to, you know, digest it down to, to, to something like this. But like when you see a great film, or a great movie, you're like you got to see this. And when, when you're when you're watching with somebody and they're talking to somebody next to them, you're like, no, no, like quiet. This is the moment. You got to watch. You got to see this. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. this idea of like let's observe it together because in that togetherness, with our attention uh, ordered toward the thing that we might actually that might actually pass us by, the thing we want the other to enjoy with us. Mm-hmm. And so that's like that's observation proper, right? Being able to really observe and give attention to the thing at hand, uh, you know, lest we, we allow it to pass by with our attentions elsewhere. And so this idea of like, there's good things and, and, and not to minimalize the good of family and getting together over good food and listening to good music together. And, but there's something deeper in the moment. And, and it just struck me as a tragic loss of a moment in a sense. Like, of course, in my heart and in my family's heart, I pray that for my children that uh, Christmas comes to life for them in a real way, and, and then they're able to really attend to it. Um, and I and I pray for that, and I hope that we prepare as a family. But it also struck me that, you know, um, I can only wish that we could be more uh, outright, uh, you know, outspoken about, you know, how meaningful this is to us individually, how we've been touched by this in our own lives, how this is uh, you know, the value of this moment, right? And mm-hmm. when we can enjoy it together, it, it comes to life, you mm-hmm. know, in that, in that communion, that shared, that, sh- that space isn't just a space that we gather together or like fill together. It's a space we share truly. Right. right. And, yeah. and so that idea of, wow, like, and it's not to put anybody down, you know, uh, we, we all are on our journeys and, 
and all of this. But at the same time, it, it's something to just be aware of that, like, man, we really need to play hard that hopefully as families, extended families and, and, you know, all these holidays can really become holy again, you know? Yeah. And I don't, <clears throat> I don't have necessarily a, an objective defense for what I'm about to say. It's, it's more subjective. It's about my, my, maybe my upbringing, um, primarily, but for me, feasting, uh, outside of say going to mass, but when you're Mm -hmm. feasting in a, in a situation of, you know, gathering people together to me, an attribute of that is there has to be laughter, obviously, but mm-hmm. I think you can have laughter in a lot of other kinds of scenarios, and we're gonna we're gonna go through a few of those scenarios later. Yeah, but it always seems to me like there has to be at some point some crying, mm. and I don't mean necessarily crying of sorrow or crying of sadness, because it's possible to cry from tears of t- cry tears of joy. Cry tears mm-hmm. of gladness. Cry tears of and gratitude. Gratitude yeah. that yeah. that when you're really when you're really feasting with people, you're going to have those moments where you're going to get mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to get uh, a little teary eyed. You're going to get a little choked yeah. up, and yeah. uh, I think that's kind of a a sense. And and I don't I, there's not you don't always have you don't always have those a lot of time. You know, there's not a lot of yeah. occasions where you you get uh, choked up. Uh, interacting and sharing with with people in your lives um important moments uh, what do you what do you yeah. think about that no I, I think i think you're absolutely right I, I think a lot of like with moments like that like where we can actually get to a moment of of um it's not necessarily not necessarily um vulnerability in the face of the other person right because we're in a place where we we trust that person enough that we're showing that we've been in many ways pierced uh, mm-hmm. by the beauty of, of, of God's gifts. Uh, it, it's a, it's the ultimate position of humility. The humble person is able to say that I received all of these graces, you know, from the Lord and, and to be able to, to, to uh, articulate that and receive that, that in itself is, is a special grace. And I think you're right. I think in a moment where you're in that kind of company and gathering around that kind of, that kind of space, it becomes a, a moment of, is a real shared blessing. I, I, I'm with you. I think that's a beautiful way to put it is because you can't do, you want to do that in every context, but there's certain spaces that are in a sense, you know, set apart and uh, become, you know, really re- redemptive for both people in, in that moment, right? Like Jesus comes out to meet us and, you know, the greatest saints and, and would talk about the, the gift of tears and prayer, this gift of just being overwhelmed in a sense by like just God's goodness and his love for us. And mm-hmm. and you're right. If, if we're celebrating what we ought to be celebrating in the way in which we ought to celebrate it, I, I think you're right. I think that's a moment where we ought to expect to be overwhelmed by the joy of his presence and his peace in our, in our hearts. I think that's well put, brother. Well put. Well, thank you. And I, I think, um, you know, that's something that we can show and give to our, our children as parents if we can can be... Uh, I don't want to like you. Like, I hesitate to use the word vulnerable, or because mm-hmm. uh, you don't want it to be affected either. But no. I think it's yeah. I think it's powerful when I know it was for me when our children can see us um, be choked up, be af- affected in terms of be moved by by the mm-hmm. the grace of the moment, be moved yeah. by the encounter with, you know, Christ and the other person through, through that, that shared feasting of, you know, the reality of his presence in our lives, the, the beauty of our shared faith, the beauty of, um, the, the overwhelming thanks for our salvation, you know, mm. through the, yeah. through the blood of the lamb, um, <clears throat> all those things, they, Absolutely. they need to see us kind of be in touch with those, those spiritual realities. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. But we felt like it was important to talk today, not just about feasting as we're coming out of the Christmas season, but also, you know, look at the importance of the, the dynamic between feasting and fasting 
And that kind of came about through the gospel reading for today, which is as follows. It's Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. One day when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and said to him, why is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not? Jesus replied, Surely the bridegroom's attendants would never think of fasting while the bridegroom is still with them. As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they could not think of fasting. But the time will come for the bridegroom to be taken away from them. Then, on that day, they will fast. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. And nobody puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and the skins too. No. New wine, fresh skins. And before I turn it over to you, Adam, I, I always, <laughs> I have to chuckle, because I, I think of Christ, you know, saying those words and, um, you know, maybe prefacing some of that with saying, you know, Joseph, he, he told me that, uh, you don't you don't just go sewing to, you know, you don't just go sewing any old piece of cloth onto an old cloak. If you're trying to repair it, you have to, there's a, there's a particular way to do it. Or my, my mother taught me, you know, as you know, that you're supposed to, uh, do things, do things in a certain way. I just feel like, you know, his, uh, his experience in, in Nazareth growing up and mm-hmm. that, that hidden life, um, yeah, kind of comes out right? there in a, in a little, yeah. we get a little glimpse of it there that he's able to yeah, speak beautiful. in those common, um, idioms and common metaphors to, to people. Yeah. It shows he was, he was a real man. He was a real man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I find, you know, reading this today and praying with it today, I, I was shocked as you were, uh, that this was so fitting. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know this was, uh, today's going to be today's reading but um and just thinking about this it's it's really striking um that this idea of you know of course fasting is an important part of the spiritual life but it has its place mm-hmm. um and i think that this passage helps us to orient it you know orientate it properly right that it's if you really think about it fasting is because is because of you know the, the reality of sin the right. reality of the fact that we need to grow in in contrition to be able to turn with with uh, needy hungry hearts and minds and souls to, to the lord um, and but if you think about it before sin you know what are we made for you know and uh we're made we're made for feasting we're made to be with god and that's that's feasting right we're made for that that's what we're that's our end right mm. union with god mm-hmm. And so if we look at it, I think Christ Jesus is putting us in the proper understanding that, you know, fasting has its place. It's, he's not diminishing it and saying it's not necessary or good. But if it's not order, ordered toward entering into the feast or feasting, then it's, then it's disordered, right? It, it's ill-guided. And so when we realize, when we take a, take a step back and we look at this, we realize that he's, he's beginning to, talk, to, to reveal to the disciples that, and the Pharisees, the, the 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 new covenant. That it's not to say that the old covenant doesn't exist or or fasting is no longer a place. It's that what it, what is it ordered toward, right? It's ordered toward making room for God, making more room for God in our lives, stretching ourselves, emptying ourselves of the things that you know we uh, that that ostensibly fill us often, you know. And I mm-hmm. think. This is important because we always take it onto ourselves to fill our, you know, to, to fill ourselves with what we enjoy, what we like. And, and there's, again, that's not bad, right? It's a, we, we often do that. And yet we also need to learn how to reevaluate our estimation of things, how we uh, go about choosing our, our it's not just uh, food, right? But how do we fill our minds? How do we fill our time? How do we fill this? How do we fill, how do we choose to fill our, our space? Right. You know, all of these things, I mean, because we're, we're, we're body and soul, all of these things matter and they affect the way we, we point toward God. They affect the, the way we make room for him, make space. 
And fasting is a way of making that room, stretching ourselves, emptying ourselves to make room for him. You know, it, it's, it's really interesting. I, I talk to my children often about like true wealth, you know, and a lot of times we seek the things that we think will enrich our lives. And all the while, he's, he's right there with us. And we, can't, we, you know, we might miss him. And we often do. And I speak from experience. I'm not saying to my children because, you know, you watch too much of this TV or whatever. It's, I do it too. I, I, I miss out on so many opportunities just to make, make a moment uh, to turn, to nod to him, right? And it's this reality of like fasting helps us really uh, make that space to breathe him in a little bit. Because ultimately... If we're not doing that, if we're not recognizing that fasting is a good for us, that it helps us make room for true, infinite wealth, infinite value, then we get fatigued. We get fatigued. We think we're being filled and satiated, but we get fatigued. And there's actually some kind of etymological link there. But the reality is it's like a being a driven to a point of weariness, right? Because that's how we fill ourselves often. And so I, I, I took this quote from one of our favorites. Uh, Joseph Pieper, I know oh, nice. one day about him, but in the philosophical act, he writes everywhere, everywhere, there is a feeling of strain of being overwrought and overdone. And the fatigue is only relieved in appearance by the breathless amusement, amusements or the brief pauses that punctuate its course, newspapers, a cinema, a cigarette. Right. And he, and he goes on to say, like, essentially, this is a man's world. This is not something, you know, that we can just be done away with so we can go be philosophical somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But the, he said the question that underlies all of this is, is the why. Like, why are we here at all? Why? Why are we running this course? What is it that where are we going to get to? Where's our arrival? When are we, where are we going? Right. This idea of like, let's take it all in. Let's fill it all up. But ultimately, that leads to a fatigue that we can never uh, rel- relinquish or be relieved of. Sorry for all this alliteration, but it's important. Alliteration is good, brother. Mm-hmm. Fatigue, feasting, fasting, it's all good. You know, use all the same letters in the beginning and we can get it going. But uh, no, but seriously, this, this idea of, you know, if we can only do it ourselves, we fill it up and it's this harried, har- uh, harried kind of thing of just, you know, uh, before boredom sets in, right? Mm-hmm. And so this idea of, okay, how can we re- regain this, this, this true vision, this, this idea of I'm in need of, of you to fill me, right? And, and that's precisely what fasting is meant to be or- ordered toward. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I think that it comes back to also, we, it seems like we in, in, in this country, in, in the United States, in our day and age, uh, if you're if you're practicing your, your Catholic faith, you know, regularly and seriously, I think most of us would have the kind of experience or the sense that fasting is more familiar as a practice than mm-hmm. feasting is. Yeah. I think that's a little yeah. lost on us. And the reason I think that's why is because we live in such a culture of consumption and we live in such a culture of prosperity and for, for many of us, I mean, even, even the poorest, some of the poorest people in the United States are still, still very materially wealthy compared to the poor of much of the rest of the world. I, I, I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's a fact that I would stand on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I think it, for us to recapture feasting as, as a familiar sort of regular practice, you know, I think we also have to build in temperance in our lives. That's, that's, a, that's kind of a missing link or an important virtue, a cardinal virtue that we have to build up in ourselves and we have to build up in our children. You know, I, I don't like to see, I don't think it's good for my my little ones to kind of go from one diversion to the next amusement, to the next treat, to mm-hmm. the next uh, little present, to the next little trinket, you know, like that's kind of yeah. what, 
Joseph Pieper is speaking to there, and it's it's not yeah, I think it's so. not good for yeah. their for their humanity uh, mm-hmm. because it leaves them always uh, searching and questing for the next kind of little dopamine hit. You might you kind of hear that yeah. terminology a lot today. Yeah, that next little little bit of excitement, and that's right. uh, that's that's not what we were made for. No, you're right, and and in. In his other, you know, the great other great work that shares the same book, the, the Ignatius Press version uh, of the Philosophical Act, is is at the end of Leisure: The Basis of Culture. There's two separate uh, mm-hmm. essays, but in the first one, one of the um, uh, the phrases he uses, or phrases, one of the quotes he uses to kick off the the whole work is "Be still and know that I am God." And this is precisely the point, like what you're speaking to, is like the idea of restlessness uh, that continues to uh, keep seeking for fulfillment mm-hmm. and all of these diversions, other things ultimately will never be fulfilled. I mean, it's the St. Augustine uh, adage, right? Right. Uh, so this idea of restlessness does kind of uh, ensue, and it's just part of our, the way we begin. I think you're right. Without temperance, without that understanding of what we're made for, or what we're going toward, it becomes a a sense of constantly filling up that that space as much as we can. And ultimately it fails at some point. It's disappointed because we can never actually be still in his presence, right? Because we run right past it. Right. And if uh, you're just joining us, I want to remind you that you're listening to the mystery of parenthood on Red Sea Catholic radio, KDC 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley. This is your station manager and director Thaddeus Romanski filling in for the great Trey and Stephanie Cash. I mean, I'm trying to today, uh, and we have as our guest, uh, Adam Earhart. You also can hear us on KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas and KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine. We thank you all for listening and supporting Red Sea Catholic Radio. And I promised the listeners at the outset, Adam, that we were, you were going to tell them again uh, how you became a friend of the show, how we know each other and what you're doing now. So before we go back to the topic at hand, uh, why don't you do that for us? Yeah, so I, I became a friend of the show by way of uh, meeting all the great people there at Red Sea. There's just wonderful people there. I worked at St. Mary's Catholic Center as a campus minister and was able to really um, just get behind the cause of Red Sea Radio and all the good work mm-hmm. they're doing down there for the Catholic families that listen and all the people. Because especially with this show, with Trey and Stephanie and, and Thaddeus, I think, you know, as a parent, I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a husband and father. Uh, we have six children. We just had our sixth child. And uh, we're just in love with life. Mm-hmm. And, man, the parenting, it's not easy. Um, it's beautiful and it's, and it's noble and it's, and it's filled with God's life. But, it's, but it can be an arduous, arduous uh, mission. But it's beautiful and it's filled with, with just so many blessings. And so just to be able to sit here and talk to you guys over the, over the radio it, is a beautiful blessing of mine and, and my marriage and my, my experience of parenting because we need each other. And... Uh, this ability to do this is, is a great blessing and because I've learned so much and, and gained so much from listening to my Catholic brothers and sisters sharing uh, with me over the radio. So that's part of how I got involved with Red Sea and uh, this show in particular. But also, like right now, uh, I, I left St. Mary's and I work as a director of evangelization and faith formation in Arlington at a parish called St. Charles Barmeo and mm-hmm. uh, just loving it there and working with a lot of young adults and People just start in families, and it's a real beautiful thing to see so many men and women just really ready to learn to learn more, to draw closer to Christ and in the in the church, and to really um, begin to unpack how to best allow Him in to their their homes and to their marriages, to to usher Him in, you know. And He's 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 right there with them, and it's beautiful to see. So I know you know we're we're going through a lot in the church right now, but. Uh, the reality is that we're surrounded by a, a great cloud of witnesses uh, mm-hmm. in heaven, and also uh, with our brothers and sisters, we're out there and we're all fighting together. You know, so well, I think about you, especially you know, you in your family and and, and the work you do there at St. Charles Borromeo. I mean, I think you're doing what St. John Paul II asked in that prayer of the family that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. I mean, that's what, that's what you're doing. You're, mm-hmm. you're working there with, with young adults, people who are preparing for marriage, people who are trying to discern if that's what they're being asked to do, 
uh, people who are starting their families and, and helping guide them to, to do it the right way and to do it yeah. with God's accompaniment. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think they're ready. I think people are ready. They're ready to, to know, to know their worth and know what they're made for. You know, I see it. I know it's, it could be daunting when we, when we, uh, don't see it every day. I'm blessed to be able to sit across the desk from people that are encountering God in many different ways, uh, through their walks of life, through their relationships. And they're ready. They're ready to just, to, to try to strive for holiness, you know, mm-hmm. and to do it with, with the help of the church. So that's, it's a beautiful thing. So, you know, we're, our topic today is feasting and fasting. And we, we've had, uh, some good, some good things to say about the importance and the interrelatedness of feasting and fasting and, and kind of what that looks like on the, the everyday level or how we do that in our families. And we were just, uh, we were talking before this little interlude about the importance of temperance and about how we, we have to create uh, space Mm-hmm. Through through fasting and periods of fasting, but also when we're not actively fasting, still learning um, self control, the virtue of temperance, to not simply go from uh, one diversion or one uh, physical satisfaction to the next, and obscuring. I, I think that just kind of blows up the whole need or the desire for that we have in ourselves to, to feast, which although it happens with material things like food and drink and, you know, celebratory music and dancing and decorations, mm-hmm. that's all a part of feasting, you know, in, in terms of human, human culture. But like we were saying, there's that spiritual reality that has to, has to kick in for real true feasting or otherwise you're just having a party. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we were talking about the temperance and fasting and and like carving out that that space, like disposing us really to being able to um, invite God in. So if if fasting is making this space, making this room, emptying ourselves, feasting would be you know inviting him inviting him in, right? It, it's actually uh, his joy that 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 fulfills us, that makes us complete. And so as, as human beings, we're made for so much, so much more than we can a- actually expect. You know, we, we can't actually expect, you can only fulfill what you recognize as being a need, right? I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you're hungry, you eat, you know, but if you don't recognize your need for for him to fulfill your your greatest uh, uh, longings, then you're never going to invite him fully in. And, and the reality is we're made for this. And so human beings, while being bodily and, uh, and, um, in the world and, and definitely enjoying good food and good music and stuff and all that beautiful. It, it, we're, we, we enjoy these things in order to be led closer to him, right? Cause we're made for, even though we're in profane world, in the profane world, we're not of it. And we're made for the sacred as well to experience the sacred. I, and I think when we can actually start to begin talking about feasting, we, we can talk about what that is being called into the presence of the Lord, even in the midst of uh, the things that surround us, because the reality is, is that often um, we separate religion. And this is kind of something that I've noticed here over Christmas and my experience with people I love so much. And we can't enter into that is this reality that we, um, in that filling of ourselves, that, that kind of uh, pursuing these things that are, that are so sensibly good. We often forego that forgo the ultimate um, uh, feast that's waiting for us, right? Mm. Because we're, we're satiated, mm-hmm. right? We fill ourselves to a point we're satiated. We no longer seek uh, the presence of God in that. And so religion becomes the thing where, okay, when I seek God, I'll go to uh, the, the church building, right? And I'm not, obviously, yes, there's a particular sacred space there, a physical, real sacred space at our, our Catholic parishes. Mm-hmm. Please go there. But the reality is that if we keep that, the place where we uh, experience God, where we welcome God into our lives, then that, that becomes problematic, right? Because, you know, all of our, all the things that we love, that we're passionate about, that we want to 
rejoice over like where's god in that how do we allow him into those moments the birthdays the you know all these things that could be really colored uh and filled with just a a disposition that turns to him Mm -hmm. in gratitude like you were talking about the the gift of tears and the moments of of joy and gratitude Mm -hmm. um these are moments in our lives that are beautiful moments And, and as long as we're just if we if we keep god out of those moments or if we're not really attending to the fact that he's present there. If we don't pray and allow him into those moments, it's a, in my opinion, in my understanding, and again, we're talking a bit subjectively here is, you know, it's a missed opportunity, right? To, right. to really take the things that, you know, make us happy and we, we keep it kind of away from him, you know, we keep them. Those are our things. The birthdays are our things, but, the, but we're his, we're his. And in rejoicing uh, over our sons and daughters, we can really, uh, you know, bring him into it. And this is where the morning kicked in for me is because sometimes out of fear of offending, right? I mean, I know, like, I don't want to beat people over the head with my Catholic faith, especially if they're not practicing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't know if you go through that, too. But oh, sure. it becomes difficult and it becomes like, how much of God are we allowed to make evident here? <laughs> you know, like, how much are we allowed to say, like, no, melody? You know, my oldest daughter's name is Melody. Melody, we're so uh, proud of you, and we rejoice over your life. We're thankful, God, for for this life that you've given to us. Like, how can we really, how much of that can we bring in without offending others? And this is something that I find is absolutely tragic, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, But this is, this is why we're talking about how as a family, immediate family, we can, we can have that disposition to feast uh, and to really bring God into it, even in the midst of others, right, if we can really prepare and so this is one thing that that I like to think of is, okay, like how do we prepare to feast? Or is it something we just enter into because it's so darn good? You know, the food's good, the music's good, you know, the occasion's good, it's easy to just do it. Right, right. Um, but what is our expectation? Like what is our, if we expect great things, if we expect to meet God there, we'll, we, we can prepare. We can enter into it more prayerfully as a family. Maybe it's not done right there. Say we're going to someone's house. Maybe we pray as a family to really as a, as a family to prepare our hearts to receive all the blessings of this moment. I don't, I don't know what the answer is to be honest, brother, but I'm just thinking about this idea of like, what's our expectation? Do we expect him to meet us there? You know, yeah. and how can we be disposed to receive that? I don't know. If you I think, I think that, that uh, you know, something that we try to do and, and my wife is usually the person who speaks to the children explicitly about this when we're maybe in the car ride to the family gathering or we're we've arrived and we're about to go in mm-hmm. and you know she will often say although sometimes i i also speak to it explicitly um that idea of okay we have an opportunity here to evangelize and 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 witness to our our faith by the way we treat people by the way that we um consider you know, the moments that we find ourselves in. So, you know, it's, so, you know, don't be in haste when someone stops to talk to you, mm-hmm. give them, give them time, listen mm-hmm. to what they have to say, be present to them, you know, yeah. be second, you know, take, take the low, take the lesser place, um, mm-hmm. be of good cheer. Mm-hmm. Be, have an attitude of, of, uh, generosity, um, mm. all those things, you know? Um, yeah. and, and so with your, with your body, with your life witness to this attitude of, you know, of charity and, and mm-hmm. kindness, um, you know, our children are 11 to six months old. So that's, mm-hmm. that's where we are right now. Um, so that's, that's one thing that we try to do when we step into, you know, family celebrations or, or birthdays or yeah. something like that. No, I, I think that's, I think that's, that's spot on. Cause the reality is, is, um, again, the fear is that our children, and this is another thing is our, our children often, they hear us. I don't know about you. Let me not generalize because I'm talking about me here. So, Folks out there, yeah, speak for yourself, buddy. Yeah, yeah, speak for yourself, bro. Let me be honest. This is really coming out. Don't get me started. But uh, no, to be honest, like if I'm talking my kids, like you know, it's 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 okay. We're going to this place or whatever. They're not like us, 
mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, I don't ever mean to do that, but you know, they're not like us, you know, we do these things, they don't. So let's not impose ourselves on them. And that's okay. I mean, as far as it goes is okay. So they understand that there is a difference and mm-hmm. the difference is that, you know, we often, you know, pray over our, our meals and gather around the, the, our Lord and, and thank him for the, but we have to do it a little bit more with, with a different uh, language, maybe a different, you know, we can pray over our meals, but maybe we don't do it as a family. Maybe we do it together. Meet, you know, everyone individually blesses their meals or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you guys experience yeah, that. And, and that's all de- that all depends on the setup, the physical setup right. of the, the physical setup place and, and all that. And the timing and everything, yes. everything. It, you know, it's just, we got to be more aware and prudent. You know? But at the same time, I, I, I realized that like all of this, like they're not like us and they're not, it's just us and them kind of thing. And the reality is, is, is if we can really help them notice that like maybe they, uh, in, in a sense, if, if we're praying this, maybe others don't perceive, right. The, the moment, mm-hmm. right. That God is here and say, we do our prayer should be for them to, to be able to enjoy that. Mm. with us in a sense like we we need to like try to be always looking for ways to make him present in in that space you know and if we we do pray over our meals we don't miss it you know you make the sign across you pray Mm -hmm. and that's that's allowing him into the moment in a little way Mm -hmm. but it's there maybe it's not in people's faces and and we're not saying all right everybody you know it's time to be quiet because now we need to bless our meal maybe they're not there yet but we will Mm -hmm. we do it and we've seen great things in doing that. Sometimes others join us and they nod their head and they bow and they're like, oh, okay, they want to pray and we pray mm-hmm. out loud. Mm-hmm. But we lead, we lead in that way. But mm-hmm. we, we do it in a sense with with the idea of like that present, being present to the moment as best we're able to. Like you said, that generosity, being 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 there, but, but also trying to show them like, you know, these good things are good things because of God not apart from him. Mm-hmm. And because they do, like our kids enjoy that stuff. They enjoy birthday parties and gatherings and all these good things, you know? And like oftentimes we're like, you know, it's it's hard to convince them that like this is part of our faith too, is celebrating these things in and with and through God, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He's present to us. And and so instead of like always bringing up, like, they're not like, you know, just like, guys, this is awesome. This is great. We can really enjoy this. Uh, through our faith, with our faith, uh, and with Christ, like recognizing Him in this moment. And that's important for us, because I don't want them to ever think that religion is something that is only in a certain compartmentalized space in their lives, only at a perfect moment that is, is perfectly predisposed to, to, to be a religious moment. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's not true. It, it's, we live in incarnate faith, and we are with the, the Word of God is dwelling with us, and how do we recognize him in every moment, especially the good ones? Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes we talk and it's easy to perceive him more sometimes when you're suffering or things are going bad or we really need to pray hard. Well, how about, like, like you said, how about rejoicing with, with gratitude and humility and love in a moment of joy? You know, I, I don't know about you, but like yeah. I know for us, it's, it's easier for us to to do it when everything's perfect, to pray when everything's perfect, to get everything, because that's, that's important for us to have that space in our lives. Yeah. But it's also nice to be able to, nice, necessary to, to be able to see him in our lives, even when we're not in those closed rooms or behind those, uh, those, those protective barriers, protective though they are. Yeah. Um, I think something that you, that we try to do, uh, Robin and I in those gatherings is, and don't, we don't do it, perfectly or consistently, I'm saying this is a goal, is when you're in conversation with people, you know, always looking for in what they're saying to you and in what they're expressing to you, if there's a, if there's an opportunity to jump into their joy about something in their life, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's going to be a gateway to talking about something of more substance. Maybe it's going to be an opportunity to introduce something of spiritual substance. Absolutely. Or when they, when they are talking to you about some, some aspect of hardship or pain, even if, Mm -hmm. even if maybe the subject itself is at odds with our, our moral, um, you know, knowledge. Mm hmm still 
finding a way to to hear it and you know bring some some spiritual balm uh to that to that situation and and mm-hmm. you don't know that could be that could be a road to helping them create space for the Lord to enter in. Some people are incredibly, incredibly closed off from, from grace mm-hmm. for yeah. through, through no fault of their own and through fault of their own. We don't know right. their stories. You know, we're not, we're not like Christ at the, at the well with the Samaritan, mm-hmm. Samaritan woman who we know all right. As soon as she steps up, we have right. to listen. We have to ask questions to find out yeah. about that person's background, backstory that yeah. Christ knows because of his divine intelligence. And ultimately, and ultimately, you're hitting on something so important, brother, because ultimately it's not just for, for them, right? Like when we do that, we're, we're, we're being attentive to what God wants for us in that moment, That's right? right? Which, is, which is to grow in imitation of him. And this reality is like, you know, that us and them kind of mentality can be difficult because if it's, they don't do this, they don't do that, but we do, we fail to like, right. you know, go out to them in a sense. But that really helps to, go ahead. No, yeah, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just yeah. <laughs> got inspired there that, you know, maybe some of those moments where we, we have those little, those little breakthroughs or we feel like we kind of maybe made a difference with someone you know, maybe that's where we're really like the widow with the coin who says, hey, look, I, look, I found this, this little tiny coin. Come throw a party with me. You know? And in, in a sense, <laughs> yeah, like, you know how you know how you are when you when you have one of those moments and you, yeah. you talk to your wife about it or you talk to your children yeah. about it or they they do the same for you. And it's this little it's this little thing. But you're feasting in that moment. You're you're celebrating yeah. that yeah. maybe. God made a difference in this or is going to make a difference in this person's life is going to come into this person's life because of this little thing that you did. Yes. That's beautiful, man. That's well, that's well said. I, I I'm with you hundred percent. It's, it's that proper value. It's having like true wealth. Yeah. It's the true wealth. And, and, and when we see it beyond, and, and I guess, I guess if I would, you know, put it in the, in the terms is, is like, that's the, fe- the feasting is finding true wealth where it exists. Right, and rejoicing over it, you know that's a beautiful way of putting it. In that, in that, you, you put it. You, I think you hit it right on the head there. And and so, like, I don't know entirely all the ways uh, that that it works out because it might be as different as any of the settings that you said. It matters how it's set up or what the schedule is or what you're actually going to celebrate. You know, right. it could be just a, a football game or something. But how do you? Um, you know, welcome the sacred into the into the profane. When you're with other like devout Catholic families who gather around Christ and everything they do, it's easy. Yeah, it's going to look different then. It's going to be able to be more explicit. It's going to be able to be more explicit. It's going to be the kids are going to experience it through the the, right. the parents and, and right. how they talk right. and and how, and we're how, we're spitballing stuff here, folks. I mean, this yeah, is not yeah. Catholic doctrine. This this particular no. show, we're we're taking no. some some real true aspects of our faith foundational yeah. aspects of our faith feasting and fasting and trying to, to trying to kind of noodle out what does it look like to make those a re, kind of a real part of the fabric of your family life i guess yeah right yeah and yeah. we're drawing to a close with only about three minutes left so okay. now it's time for you know like final thoughts and wrap okay. us up adam and I wanted to say, not to open up a can of worms here, but no, no, no. part of our conversation earlier, like when we were spitballing and putting this together, is this idea of 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 how, like, like if we're just getting together the party, it, it's it's not a moment of of growing in love. Like, so the way we can kind of determine whether it's feasting or just kind of partying mm, is mm. what's the, the the end in sight is, of course, to rejoice and and to be around others. But like if it's fa- if it's feasting, it's ordered toward growing in love of God, right? Yes. We're enjoying the good gifts He gives us with others, and in order to feast properly, we need to be disposed to, you know, by way of manly virtues, you know, like you said, temperance, mm-hmm. um, humility, all these things where we recognize, like, you know, who God is and who we are, right? And where all of our feasting and all of our joy comes from is from Him, and therefore we're not going to go and just 
um, overdo it in any way, right? We're going to really want to to sip it, to enter into it, and to enjoy it, you know, to really um, taste it. Right. Taste the moment. One of my greatest spiritual directors uh, would say, you know, what is it, does it taste right? You know, this idea of mm. there's this real knowing that God is with you, you know? And so if we're feasting properly, we'll know it because we've been disposed to not overindulge, not over do it with the drinks, not overdo it here or there with the language or whatever. Right. But to really enter into the moment, knowing, expecting God to show up and rejoicing in his presence in our lives. And, you know, versus where we're going to party and it's not growth in virtue or growth in being open to growing a love for God and communion with our neighbor. It's more of, you know, we might be seeking just to bond with people we were insecure around. So I'll just do what they do because it's, it makes me feel comfortable in their presence because right. If I drink more, then I'll be like them. Or if I talk bad about whatever it is that you do with these guys or whatever. It, it, I've been there, you know, like partying mm-hmm. can be something that leads you to further and further vice. It's not leading you to uh, receive the virtues of faith, hope, and love from God and to grow in virtue. So yes, I think those are two things that, you know, we want to put in there too, to kind of say, like, we're not just saying go out there and, you know, yeah, and I think we could have a. I think we could have another show on that that topic probably to expand mm-hmm. that out. But mm-hmm. as we draw to a close here, let me give you our memory verse suggested to us by uh, Adam Tate. It's Revelation chapter nineteen verses seven through nine. Let us be glad and rejoice and give glory to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife hath prepared herself, and it is granted to her that she should clothe herself with fine linen, glittering and white, for the fine linen are the justifications of saints. And He said to me, Write, Blessed are they that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And He saith to me, These words of God are true. And you've been listening to the Mystery of Parenthood today. I'm your host, fill in host. Thaddeus Romanski, our guest has been Adam Earhart. And remember to pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you, and he will. 